Oh, hey, how you doing today? You are going to be doing just fine and dandy because you are in for a special treat today. Today, you get to listen to a masterclass done by a wonderful, wonderful, amazing singer and colleague and just a wonderful person in general, Natalie Ballinger. I met Natalie when we did Ohio Opera together. It was really fun and it was a great summer. It was a crazy summer. And since then, Natalie has done amazing things. And I'm really, really proud of all of the hard work that she's done and really excited to share some of her thoughts with you in this podcast today. So what you're going to hear is you're going to hear a little bit of Q&A with Natalie at the beginning, and then we'll go through and you'll hear snippets of things that she's saying to our students here at the music school at Red School of Music. And you're not going to hear the full songs from our students because the, the audio quality is, is different. We did this all via Zoom, so if that tells you anything. But then also the audio quality isn't the best representation necessarily. It's not the highest quality. And so you might hear them singing here bits and pieces of what they're doing as she's working with them. But we will skip over the part where they're actually singing their pieces in general. And then you'll hear her talk a bit at the end as well and answer some awesome questions. So without any further ado, please let's listen to Natalie Ballinger. So welcome everybody to Masterclass with Natalie. We're super, super excited. So if you don't know Natalie, she is amazing, an amazing singer, an amazing performer, and also one of the most kind and down-to-earth people that I have ever met. So we're super excited to have her here. She has performed in world tours on Broadway. The thing that I think you guys will find the most interesting about her is that she was Maria in West Side Story. So that was super fun. Um, so without any further ado, I'm going to take it over to Natalie. If you want to introduce yourself to everybody and for people that don't know you very well, maybe say a few things about yourself and your journey. Cool. Hi, everyone. I guess it all started in Santa Cruz, California, where I was born and raised. Uh, my grandmother was an actress. Me and my cousin, that's the same age as me, were both thrust into the theater, which we were not complaining because it's an amazing world to be in. And then I lived close to San Jose, San Francisco and had lovely supportive parents that would drive me there. So I started performing professionally around age 11. Honk, the Ugly Duckling was my first professional show. I was one of the Duckling siblings. It's a cute, adorable show. There's some very good music in it. And then it kind of went from there. I did musicals, but then I went to college and a master's degree for opera. During that time, I went to the Ohio Light Opera where I met Chelsea. We performed as fairies and among other things <laughs> together. <laughs> and then just kept performing. After my master's, I moved to New York City, where I still live today. World Tours of Beauty and the Beast, West Side Story. I did New York City Opera. So I'm still keeping that opera side of me alive. Kind of that's it. I mean, just keeping my toes in as many pools as possible, because that's kind of how we make the careers nowadays. <laughs> and would you say your experience has been like auditioning and doing some of these higher level things? What are auditions like? And are they different from how you were kind of trained to audition? What has that experience been like? for you? So there's kind of multiple versions of an audition. So there's the kind of open calls or ECC slash EPAs, which stand for equity 
chorus call and equity principal audition. Basically, they're the same audition. You can still get hired for a lead if you go to the chorus call and vice versa. Um, it's just different preparations. ECCs, you do eight to 16 bars of a cut. And then EPAs, you get two minutes in the room if you're equity, which is the actor's union, if you do not know what equity is. So it's just slightly different preparations. And then there are appointments, which are the ones you want to get, where they send you, generally send you sides, scenes, songs for character ensemble that you're going in for to sing for the team and the casting director, either dancing or singing first. Generally, I always hope for a singing first call because it's stronger. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us a little bit about when you were on tour, what life was like then and what kind of expectations did they have for you and your just kind of everyday life? Yeah, so both of my tours were international. So that was kind of a whole different scale because you're trying to balance performing with exploring life and learning the balance between. Beauty and the Beast, I could do a lot more exploring because just the way my track was set up in that show, no matter what I did, I could always get up the next day and still sing. West Side Story was different because it was much more vocally taxing that I would had to be much more careful. Like I had no night activities. After show, I just stopped talking and steamed. Also, West Side Story was a little more rigid because we all had to be at the theater two hours before the show because there was mandatory dance class and group vocal warm-up to keep the dancers' bodies in the best shape as possible to get through eight shows a week doing the crazy original choreography that Jerome Robbins <laughs> put forth. I mean, amazing, but it definitely takes a toll on the body. So it was definitely finding the perfect balance of what your day-to-day -day looked like, which was hard because the shortest stay in a place was a week and the longest stay was five weeks. So it was constantly changing that schedule and figuring it out in each new place because one Germany might have one type of food and then Asia is going to be a completely different aspect. So it's figuring out what works best for you to get through the H a week as healthily and happily as possible. Yes, yes, for sure. And uh, what kind of expectations do they have for you? Say from the moment that you got the role mm -hmm. and then were you expected to come to the first rehearsal completely off book and, and all that? What was expected to you on a day-to-day -day or rehearsal basis? So that's kind of changed with each show. I personally always want to go with as much memorized as possible because it for me, if I put in the work before I get there, and then you of course collaborate with the directors and music directors and get their input as well. But the more work I've done in preparation, the easier it is for me to explore within the rehearsal spaces. Some places like Beauty and the Beast, they did teach us notes, just like at Ohio Light Opera. They kind of have those first couple of rehearsal days where we're figuring out who's singing what and making sure we got the notes. But I always try to be as memorized as possible. Yes. Awesome. And then what would you say if you could go back in time to when you were in middle school or high school, what things would you do differently? What would you maybe not do at all? And then what would you try to do extra more of or all of that whole thing? Well, definitely more dance classes. <laughs> when we talked earlier um, in the week, Broadway has been changing for the last 10 to 15 years in terms of back in the day, there used to be the dance ensemble, the singing ensemble. You didn't have to be good at the other. You were good at what you were good at and that's all you had to do. Now they're cutting cast sizes down, I think to keep as profitable as possible. So you're kind of expected to know everything uh, within reason. I always have a fun game. When I see a new Broadway show that I haven't seen before, I always spy the singer tracks, which is kind of the people that are not the frontline dancers, maybe not the second line dancers, but the third line dancers um, that kind of do less than 
in the amazing fierce dancers and what extent of dancing do they need to be able to do generally those singer tracks are covering leads or like in Mean Girls they're like the standbys off stage or one or two and figuring out and finding those girls or boys depending on what you identify as and figuring out what exactly you need to do to be in that show so definitely dance classes but I'm happy my parents kept me in piano because musicianship skills have served me tenfold there are auditions where they will hand you a song that you may or may not know before and be like well, would you sight read this for us and being able to do that it's it's okay if it's if you're not able to do that that happens but you always get on the music director side very quickly if you can <laughs> and they're good people to have on your side yes for sure for sure oh that's awesome and uh and then would you talk a little bit about belting and mixing and head voice and kind of what's what's really expected and when you were on tour opposed to maybe when you would do a concert and then yeah. your ideas and your opinions about what's best and how to go about all of that mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I think everybody at least has to be slightly knowledgeable in all the different styles because there's not 20 revivals of classical musical theater and then 20 pure pop songs. They're all pop musicals, I should say. They're all kind of a mixture and they're kind of playing within the lines like the newest revival of Oklahoma is a great example of that. They definitely blur the lines between where the classical musical theater idea of legit singing and this new contemporary style kind of mixed together to make a really amazing show. But that being said, everybody's belt and mix does not need to be exactly the same. There are the girls that are going to be the Alpha Buzz and the Regina Georges. And then there's the girls that are going to be Ka- uh, Caddy, Katie, <laughs> I can't remember. But they're like those, like a Taylor Louderman and an Erica Hennington are both belters, but they're both completely different belters. I'm of the camp that everyone finds their cocktail for adults, smoothies for kids, mixture of your mix, your pure chest, as people call it, and kind of nasality. My favorite example of what we think is like a crazy belt role is Elphaba. And most people are familiar with the song, The Wizard and I. She truly only pure belts two notes in that entire song. Ending the bridge, going into the last little section where she's like, and I'll stand there with the wizard. And the last I, that's it. That's the only belt you have to do in that entire song because you wouldn't be able to go heavy chest through that whole song and then get through that entire show and then get through all eight shows of the week because it would just be too heavy. You'd cause vocal problems. I guess it's really finding what mixture works best for you and finding performers that have similar voice types. I am not an alphaba, but I had to sing Wizard and I for something. So I looked through the roster of alphabas and I was like, who am I close enough to that I can learn from and get through this? People like Lindsay Mendez and Jessica Voss, they are not super heavy beltresses. Jessica Vosk is amazing and she interviews about how she pretty much mixed that role and she's one of the healthiest alphabas I think ever. Figuring out what they did, what made it work for them and apply it to yourself with helps of wonderful teachers. I love that. I love that. Could you talk a little bit about the performer's mindset or attitude that you have to have in doing all of this? Yeah. So I think, I mean, I've talked about this before with students of mine, but it kind of comes down to what I call the three P's. Patience. I still struggle with this, but patience because it just, everything comes at a time when it's supposed to. We want to rush. It comes like in terms of practicing, always the first time we get a new piece, think we should be able to sing it once and then win a Tony for it. I'm very guilty of this. Um, Instead of putting in that slow work to make it there. So patience, persistence, because it is a very hard career and you're going to hear no a lot, but it's such an amazing worthwhile thing that the more you just keep persisting and putting yourself out there, the better off you'll be. And then practice, 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 practice so much. There's so many extremely talented people. They will be 
a thousand different reasons why you don't get a roll. Your pinky might be too long for them. I mean, it's <laughs> but or too short. You might be too tall. You might your hair might be too long, too short. There might be a million reasons, but never let it be because you weren't didn't show up prepared. Always practice. Never give them a reason to cut you. I love that. Yeah. And what what how how have you worked through all of the rejection? Because I think and I think sometimes students, especially in middle school or high school, they might not know how much rejection is really out there because they might just be living in a smaller town and have more opportunities to do things as they're going through. And then it's kind of like, boom, a shot in the face. And, and yeah. when they kind of experience that, it's, it gets easier as time goes on. I remember myself when I was a kid and I wouldn't get something and it was rough, but somebody, when I was a kid, gave me the advice of you can give yourself an hour or two hours to cry, be mad, eat all the ice cream, watch all the Netflix, do whatever you need to do for those two hours to then put it away after. My parents will ask about auditions all the time. And if I'm not far enough in the callback process, I'm like, I'm not gonna tell you till there's an opportunity that I might actually get this because I don't want you to start planning a vacation that will never happen. Mm -hmm. <laughs> really just figuring out your self-care routine to get you through the minor, like, oh, bummer, I wish I got that, or those ones that you get so close you can taste it. And then somebody just as wonderful just beats you out for whatever reason. I have had friends get down to a final callback of a very big show and they literally brought out a pair of pants and said, whoever fits in these best is going to get this part. <laughs> So it's not ever your talent. Always remember, it's never the talent level. Why or why not? You didn't get it. It's just the puzzle piece of a show, especially replacing in a show that's already running. A million reasons that doesn't have to do with who you are. So you have to remember that. I love that. And what would you say, is there a, a point where, because you hear the term a lot that people, especially younger students are wanting to make it and what is it for for them? And do you have a feeling like that? Or do you have a, a different idea of it? And what is the, the it for you if you do? Yeah, I mean, ideally, we'd all love to be like an Angela Lansbury who's done this her entire life. So through that, we have to remind ourselves that no two journeys will be the same. We look at the Audra McDonald's, the Kristen Chenoweth's, and those big people that were like, I, I want to be them. But then you have to remind yourself of the little steps along the way. Because every level, the next level you get to, there was a time that you wished you were there before. There's a lot of like, if I feel like I haven't done enough those times, then I will sit there and remember, wow, but remember five years ago, two years ago, one month ago, when you didn't have what you have now. A lot of that. But then you can use, whenever I need inspiration, I always turn on old Tony Award videos or Kennedy Center honors just to get inspired by seeing such amazing creative work that kind of starts a fire underneath you to keep pushing ahead to try to get to those Sutton Foster places, the Laura Osnes, and just keep putting it out there because it, making it is so relative. You can make it and be the best teacher at an elementary school. As long as you're making somebody happy and inspiring somebody, you've kind of made it. Because you've made it in their eyes. We just sometimes don't see ourselves. My friend told me this great quote that I always remind myself, comparison is the thief of joy. So we can't look at Audra McDonald and be like, I want those seven Tonys. Do I? Yes. But she has, she's however many years older, she's had a different career and it's not saying I won't have those, but it's just, they will come in due time. Make sense? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. We'll have some more time for Q and A at the end, especially from um, everybody if, if, if yeah. people have questions, but we wanted to now give an opportunity for some of the students to hear some feedback from Natalie. And so we have six students. And so if you guys just want to do about a minute worth of your piece and it can be acapella or whatever, if you need a note, we can play it for you. And then I'd say we probably have about like five minutes per minute. So awesome. Okay, so Mary Julia, let's have you go first. 
Before we go further, please listen to this brief message. I'm going to take a quick sec to talk to you about something super important. So, if you haven't noticed, I'm a positive person. I really like positivity. And if you're like me and you really like positivity and support, then I am officially inviting you to join our private Facebook group. It's called Music Major to Music Professional. No, you do not have to be a music major to be in it. But the reason why it's called Music Major to Music Professional is because I feel like that transition in people's life is super important and super rough and super difficult. And going from a music major to your professional life, whether that be in performing or teaching, it's rough. And I felt like I learned a ton in my degree programs in college. However, I feel like there's a, a bit of a missing piece. That piece is emotional support. That piece is building yourself as a business. That piece is knowing how to market yourself and knowing how to find value in yourself and love in yourself. And so I've created a Facebook group and it is the place to be. So if you listen to Behind the Red Curtain podcast or if you follow us on our YouTube channel or the Red School of Music or on Instagram for tips or inspiration, then this is the place that we hang out. It's a special place to be because now more than ever, we need community. And so you're invited to join this group today because we have, there's a lot of positivity. There's a lot of support going around. You can ask questions. You can get help for things. And so if you want to join, you can. It's called Music Major to Music Professional. You do have to answer a couple questions to join. And we can put the link in the show notes for you to join. And then you can also jump in. And if you haven't subscribed yet to Behind the Red Curtain, please do so so that you are the first to find out when a new episode is released. And as always, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for all of the support that you're giving. And thank you so much for also the ratings. They mean so much. And when I see that there's a new rating, it really just makes my heart happy. And so thank you for taking the time out of your day to not only spend with me and listen, but to send me a rating. I really appreciate that. On, on the podcast, you, all you have to do is you, you scroll to the very bottom. It's kind of annoying. You scroll to the very bottom and then you have to find the place where you put in the stars. And so I really appreciate that. So thank you so much for all that you do and for being such a wonderful support to me. It means the world. Now, back to the show. Uh, could you say um, what uh, year you are, Mary Julia? I am a junior in high school. I'm 17. And what are you singing? I am singing um, Marina's Aria from Don Pasquale. Boys, let's just dig in. Who are you talking to in this area? I am reading a book alone, I think, in like my room. Right. And so 
sort of making fun of it. That cliche love story, like knight in shining armor. I always, especially because these are written from a different time, if we bring it to kind of a more modern day, I like to think of it in how I would react in the modern day to bring to something that makes sense to us. So it doesn't feel like this 1800 stuffy moment because opera is so full of life and so wonderful and still so true to what we feel every day. A book that comes to mind that would do bring these feelings in me is a book like Twilight. It's just like so extra. But when we think of these kind of overhyped, overdramatic things that kind of, when you do it, bring it to a place of what you know. Because you always can make the story come through more when we have it feel like it's part of our own life and not some foreign outside thing. It could be your best friend. I have had friends do ridiculous relationships and it is cringy and eye-rolly, but you love them, but you still laugh at them and you get to laugh with, not at them, with them and have that picture like a movie going through your brain as you're singing it. And when we talk to ourselves, we don't have to feel like we're performing for anybody. And the next level on top of that is to... I think when we poke fun of things, it's because we're a little envious of them. So there's that layer of making fun of this ridiculous love, but maybe there's a little of her that kind of wants a little bit of that. So it's almost like you're singing to yourself in a mirror. And I would practice it that way too, because then you just get used to seeing that laser focus. It's going to be really difficult to see yourself singing sometimes because, and it's just something that we all have to get over. When I started doing film TV stuff, my teacher was like, you get three seconds inside to be like, and then you move on. (laughs) So then you start kind of singing. It's like you're singing to the best friend inside of us. Yeah, I know. I totally get that. It's super weird to stare at ourselves when we sing, but it just creates like a, such a focused brain. Cause I definitely for a long time, would look everywhere after we keep practicing in that mirror kind of creating this focused place of inward thinking then we can take the mirror away and just see ourselves in the ether does that make sense like right above the auditioners audition panels heads we get to paint it and the more we keep painting it in our vision um the more that the people watching can see it but it's, i mean but you sound amazing you sound oh, thank amazing. you yeah thank you so much. yeah keep going on that path with it Awesome. Great. Thank you so much. All right. So next we have Lily. So Lily, if you want to introduce yourself, also your age and what you'll be singing. I'm Lily. Um, I'm 15, so sophomore, and I'm going to be singing Get Out and Stay Out from 9 to 5. I wonder what you'll do when I am not around. Now that your new look has up and let you down. You've always come crying to me throughout the years To mend another broken heart to dry your selfish tears I never thought I'd be the one to say goodbye You get out and stay out in taking back my life Amazing. Yes. Oh, such a good song. So one quick thing before we get into the big thing. Low notes. When we're getting into these huge belty thing and contemporary stuff, don't feel like you have to fully sing them. In this song, it is so much more about the fierce high stuff. And we know sometimes when we warm up high and our high notes are feeling great, sometimes our low notes are like, 
but it's the I'm not that girl. Wicked is, I'm using all the examples from Wicked, but when she's like, I'm not that girl. I feel like you can speak those more. Don't feel like you have to be the good musician and you're like, give them the full value notation. You can speak it more, especially just so you can just keep into that high place. So in the show, this woman is much older than you. So she's been through many more years of heartache, but that doesn't mean you can't sing the song. We all have heartache, no matter what age. It's figuring out how it applies into your life. Making the song work for you, not necessarily in the context of the show. Allowing yourself to utilize them is the best tool we can. I like to have a rotating list of deep things um, so you don't desensitize one specific moment of your life. But at some point in your life, either somebody has not supported you in your love of theater or teachers along the way have told you no, repeatedly told you no, and there's you have somehow rose above them all to be like, no, get out. I'm doing this. I'm taking back my life vocally easy peasy but now it's just like revving up the emotional depth underneath especially in these big like I'm gonna slay the vocal songs we almost have to work harder to show that emotional side because everyone's just so mesmerized at how good you're singing it and I mean because this woman is talking about I never thought I'd be strong enough to say this but guess what I so this might feel a little funny. This is something I also should have mentioned when I wish I kept doing in high school more is using songs as monologues. Speak the song and just speak the words of it like you are telling whomever you are picturing in this moment without letting the breath go. This is the fine balance of acting and getting keeping good singing technique. Let those emotions bubble up and don't be afraid to let it bubble over. I mean, this is her moment of where she's just like so over it and she just explodes it out and she's getting out everything she's been holding on for more years than you've been alive. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like it, the satisfaction of finally saying what's inside and what's in her heart. Let it out like you are finally getting to say something you've wanted to tell a teacher or whatever for years. <laughs> from the, I never thought I'd be the one and have that be a big realization of the strength from where you were to where you are now. And then I'm taking back my life. Say that the most strongest way you've ever said anything. Like you are lifting the world with how you are saying that. You're breaking the, all glass ceilings everywhere by you saying, I'm taking back my life. Okay. I never thought that I'd be the one to say goodbye. So get out and stay out. Taking back my life. Yeah, 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 yeah. How does that feel? Because you want to feel the most empowered singing the song because you are finally getting these things off your chest. And don't be afraid to keep pushing in, not pushing vocally, but pushing that emotional drive of like, we as women get to be strong, strong, strong ladies. And we have so much power that we are growing into as the world gets older. Keep pushing. There will be days that you will dig into it so much that sometimes emotion will overtake the song and that's totally fine we just remember our technique and let the breath drop so we get a good breath in and we can sing over the tears the tears will happen as we sing but we can still sing over them it's all down to breath and that's why we work on technique at the same time but they'll just keep pushing further into that because that is a fierce woman that we all want to know awesome thank you so much all right will you are up next so why don't you do your introduction and go for it we interrupt this program to talk about something important. Hey there. I know what you might be feeling right now. You might be overwhelmed by the competition or the uncertainty of your future. I mean, the world is going through so much right now. 
Everything keeps changing. You're forced to have to adapt in so many ways, ways that you didn't even anticipate that you'd have to adapt it. There's so much pressure, stiff competition, people that you have direct competition with might be your best friends. They might be your roommates. And so <laughs> it's, it's hard. It's really, really hard. And you might, you might not know exactly where you fit in, in this whole retrospect of things or in life in general, or who can you even trust? I mean, seriously, who can you even trust? And you, you had a routine and a schedule. And then all of a sudden it's like the rug is pulled out from underneath you and you're just trying to find your grounding. I am right there with you because that's what my life was like just a few years ago, exactly what it was like. Now I've really found my purpose, my, my feeling of being an individual, my feeling of being unique, valued, strong, confident. And these are things I learned the hard way. I just wish that I could have had, I had mentors in high school, but I wish that I could have had somebody when I was in college and my grad programs and even my PD program that I could have just heard from, just really been inspired by every single week or even every single day. And that they understood where I was in my life. They, they understood my, my struggles and things that I were, was going through. So, you know, however ugly the struggles are and just, just to be really a sense of inspiration and support in my life. And I want to be that for you. I've started by creating a resource for you that's free and it's going to help you start to gain your focus, going to feel more confident and stop caring so much about what everyone else thinks. So I've done it in two ways because I know you're busy and I know some of you like to listen to audio, especially if you're when you're walking, others of you like to be reading. And so there's both an audio and a PDF guide, and it's called five steps to get your mind off the opinions of others. Look, I know you're feeling super overwhelmed. Midterms are coming up or that maybe they already came up or the end of the semester, but I promise you, you can apply these techniques to not only your performing and auditioning, although that's what it's the main intention is. It's, it's about getting your mind off the opinions of others when you're singing. So this is for, for when you're performing, you're doing your juries, you're doing your auditions, everything like that. But you can also apply so many of these techniques to other aspects of your life. So here you go. All you have to do is you go to stop caring what they think com and you get to download it's a free and you can download a free pdf or a free audio oh and by the way don't forget you're awesome you're beautiful you're strong you're confident and you can do anything now back to where we were all right, Will, you are up next. So why don't you do your introduction and you can go for it. I'm Will, I'm 17 and I'm a senior in high school and uh, I'm gonna be singing By Mendip's Side. By Mendip's Side, my true love dwells. Oh, sweet is she and fair is she. Oh, not in gardens or in dells. 
white dove lack the cause. By men did sight the linnet sing for our beauty's soul and soul. For our beauty's soul and soul. That all the birds their homage bring. Nice, 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 nice. So this is, again, so it's English, which presumptively we are known, but it's old English, so it's kind of in such a weird, we don't necessarily speak like that anymore. Um, but just like we would do with like an Italian or German, we can kind of translate it into our modern day speech to have it make sense to us. But so it's like, now it's just taking it out of that traditional like place um, because clearly you can sing it and there's no, no one would ever say you couldn't, but now it's taking full arc of the performance. So this is going to be kind of funny. I would like you to say a line and then translate it into what you would tell a friend or the girl that you love or a person that you love. So you'll say the first, like first phrase and then translate it for us in like your best contemporary version of what you're Okay. Yeah, it's kind of funny. Like, what's the first line you'd say? By mended side, my true love dwells. So I would translate that into contemporary. By mended side, my true love dwells. I would be like, right by me, my bay sits. Or you know what I mean? (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) Whatever, however you would tell it to your best friend now. Say the line, say your translation, just keep going. Okay. So we got, by mended side, my true love dwells. And I think that would be like, my lover is like near to me or something. Or like the person I love is near to me. Perfect. Oh, sweet is she and fair is she. And it's like, she's just so great and so pretty. (laughs) And then it's, oh, not in gardens or in dells. Is there a flower so dear to me? Mm -hmm. And that's like, you can't find anything that means more to me than her. Yeah. On mended side, the blackbird calls, which is like, I don't know, blackbirds or like ravens are usually associated with like negative things so I think it's like it's there like there's potential for like bad things to happen Mm -hmm. and then I believe linnets are like the opposite in which they're like meant for good things there's it could go bad it could go good perfect and then oh her beauty so enthralls it's like but she's so pretty (laughs) here her killing it (laughs) bro her beauty so enthralls so it's like yes she's acing it look at her go Beautiful, inside and out, yeah. This is all, this weird exercise, and I do this with my own old English stuff, is again, is to bring it into a contemporary era. So when we're singing it, we're not just like, I'm singing words that are weird and I don't use anymore. We can actually have this amazing storyline throughout. Clearly you understand what you're saying, but now it's creating a context in your mind, like the right by me, my true love sits, no matter what's happening, good or bad, I am just enthralled by how gorgeous she is inside and out, even the birds in the forest agree with me. So you can have the context of the song make sense to you and you can have it ring truer inside to let the story seep out of you. Does it make sense? So I want you to picture your best friend or so as whatever makes you the happiest and most elated version of yourself, picture that and you're singing the song to this whomever telling them how amazing this person you are singing about is. Visualize whomever you are talking to and tell them everything you just discovered about this person and just keep going farther with it. The more we can make it seem, it's like with Shakespeare, the more you just contemporize it in our minds, the easier the audience will understand it. Like the best Shakespearean actors you could listen to and not realize they're using a bunch of thy, thine, 
egoist or whatever's they've made so much sense and contemporized it in their brains that it sounds like what we'd be speaking to each other every day same thing with this so it's just like the effective communication between the listener and the singer you got it okay just keep just keep going with it it's it's great thank you so much (laughs) okay thank you okay so next we have sydney so sydney if you want to do your introduction hi i'm sydney i'm 16 a junior in high school and i'm going to be singing gimme gimme from thoroughly modern millie gimme gimme that thing called love Gimme, gimme, that thing called love. Gimme Cupid's famous arrow. Gimme, gimme, that thing called love. I don't care if he's a nobody. In my heart, he'll be a somebody. Somebody. Gimme. I've had to work on my entire career is not judge what I just did because if we immediately judge what we just did then it tells all of us that are out here thinking yes girl that like oh wait did did I just in, what you know what I mean like you can't, don't tell us how to feel about your performance does it make sense we're all out here going yes sing it felt it live it and then with you going Right after, we're all like, wait, do I know what I'm talking about? The best phrase that I love to use is, if you're going to be wrong, be strong and wrong and be the most confident. We are truly our own worst critic. But if we just sing it and be like, that was the best I sang it, move over Sutton Foster, I'm here now, then we will all go, yes, move over Sutton Foster. So with that said, Sutton Foster is just like the big belt girl. We do not have to do necessarily her version of Gimme Gimme. Each woman that has played Millie has done it differently. Don't feel like you have to pound it out and then just do kind of the Sutton thing for the whole song. I want your Sydney version of Millie. It's hard because we listen to it and we get so used to their versions of it. I do this too. But we want to think, okay, what would my Millie be like? And what colors and new things can I create with that Millie? You get to sing about Cupid twice. So maybe the first time you're a little more unsure of Cupid, there's different versions of the song. The first half of the song, I want you to try to be so unsure and almost timid of love so and then in the second half you can decide no give me give me (laughs) that love like you are deciding just to differentiate between the two verses first time find this i think i want love but and then in that b section the i don't care if he's a somebody we can we start going wait no i i yeah I don't care who he is. I just want it. In my heart, then can then let this big one be the big section. And feel free to play with colors of this thing. You can mix more in the first half. You can head voice things. 
you don't don't feel like you have to be 100% chest voice 100% of the time. Whatever rings truest to Sydney's Sydney's Miller, yeah. And wh- however you end it, this is the best you've ever sung. I'm it. like still extremely new to belting, so like I haven't exactly found my um, you're all there mix now. yet. <laughs> we all go on this belt road. I was late to the belt game, so I totally get it. And there's this weird goatee feel. I always describe it as a goatee feeling, where the head voice kind of wants to take over for the chest voice because it's just naturally what our bodies want to do. Not that belt is not healthy. You can totally have a healthy belt, um, but it's just the safe, our safety controls of our vocal cords is generally just to go into that head voice because we do it. So historically belts came from calling like in a market back in the day when it used to just be like beans, fish, people are yelling out their wares and they can't yell their wares all day out being like, come get my fish because they, after an hour, they'd be done. So they kind of came from this place of, hi, come get my pears, <laughs> whatever they're selling, apples. So it's like you're calling across to the street to a friend. You want to just try that? Just go, hey, allow some of that like head voice to color the chest sound. Don't feel like you have to be like, hey, because we essentially with chest, you eventually will hit a ceiling. High belting, there's a mixture of mix in the belt as well. Think of like almost... Like a, like a, since we're getting close to the Halloween season, think of like a witch, like a, hi, go into that nasal place. Hi. Hi. Yay. Do you feel how that's just like slightly up and more in the, what people call the mask and it's less tense and tight on the back of our throats? Does that make sense? It's hi. Yeah. So the same thing. Somebody to love me. Just try that. Go somebody to love me. Somebody to love me. Yeah. So basically, you just belted that. Without really knowing, you literally just belted that. And what we do then with the belt is just extend the breath through on that same, somebody to love me! And then it gets us out of this place of this tension because just like with any singing, we don't have a keyboard to press the note and do it well. We just have to keep relaxed and it's like a wish and a prayer that, yes, I know this note, I can hear it in my head, it's going to come out. Because the moment we shred doubt on it, I had this, again, 300 shows in a West Side, the high C at the end of the quintet. If I breathed in going, I hope this is here today, it wasn't as good as it could have been. If I had just breathed in and been like, nope, I got it. We're fine because if we tense up our vocal cords and the innards kind of tense up and we can't get that nice, I don't know if you've ever watched a vocal cord move. So the more relaxed breath we flow through the cords, the easier it will be. So let's just try the somebody, somebody to love me. That was amazing. It sounded so good, so strong, so trusting. Just keep trusting it. You have it. But practice it in that way of letting the release happen. Release and support. Like I, if I was practicing this song, I would be doing kind of squats on the top note. Pop stars do this all the time. Kelly Clarkson, she will get into little balls on the ground, like little squat balls. And they do it because they look cool. You will start noticing this now that I've said it. Watch pop singers. They do this. They kind of squat down to help support the high notes all the time, but they do it in a passionate way. So people are like, wow, look at them. They're in it. When really they're just smartly helping themselves support all those high notes. Um, yay. Awesome. Thank you so much. Okay. So now we have Ava. Hi, I'm Ava. Um, 
I'm 16, so I'm a junior in high school, and I'll be singing Hopelessly Devoted to You from Grace. Perfect, no. Nope. Don't give away that you didn't love that version of what you just did. It was so, you have such a cool yodel to your voice. But I, I was just sitting here, I was like, what a cool, interesting voice. And then at the end, you're like, don't tell us that you didn't love it. Because I was sitting here thinking, like, that is awesome. Don't give that away. Cool, cool, cool. That being said, first of all, also, you do have a really cool yodel to your voice. That, that little, like, the, uh, um. Awesome. It's so interesting and different. Two things. So I want to work one technique wise on that high note. I want to rethink. I want you to, you did a high arm up, which some can sometimes signal to our body like, Oh, high note. And then we imagine immediately. Yeah, it was, I mean, we all do it, but I want you to reverse and think like you are grounding down. You do this high mount on my head, like this little arm up. I want you to think more grounded on that. Mm -hmm. Minor physics lesson for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. So if we're going up singing, we want to feel like we are grounding down in the opposite way because it'll just help support us better. On the bun, now there's nowhere to hide in a push on the side up. That little B section. And I want you to literally squat on that high. Easy peasy. Don't put too much thought into, oh God, high note. <laughs> I call high notes a toot in a windstorm. Um, it's like there's so much wind that a toot will not be noticed. <laughs> so we have to have that idea of like high notes are nothing. It's just a toot in a windstorm. So if we just tell ourselves like this note is just an easy, I, it's, it's nothing. I'm not scared of it. I know I have it. You have it. You have it. Easily you have it. So let's just talk more contextually about the song because you have it and you sang it so well the first time that I don't want to mess with your head on it because the song is so good and you sing it so well. So let's talk about the scope of the song. It's just making it more clear about the person you're talking about and kind of showing that no matter what this person can do to you, you're just ho literally hopelessly devoted. He's pushed you away, but all you want is him to look at you in that way. We all, at whatever age we are, can feel that in some way. 
we all have these like moments of, wow, I really like him. I wish he saw me like this, but no matter what, I'll always like him. But like the acting this time of that first section was so amazing. And you kept going. I saw on your face slightly that you're like, I'm not happy with that, but I'm going to keep going through it. And that is like what a true professional make. We are not 100% amazing all of the time. I wish that was true. But there are many shows that I was like, wow, I am not singing well tonight. But you just keep going because you're like, there is some little girl version of you in that balcony that is just sitting there being like, she is the greatest performer I've ever seen in my life. I cannot wait to be her. I am super proud of you for just like going through that section, even though you were like not super happy with that is the true professional. But that first beginning, keep that. That was everything, everything. That acting of it was so wonderful. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much. All I, right. When I audition, last, but certainly not least, we have beautiful. And I go, wow. So you thought my voice was nice, but that I can't act. And it's like just sometimes so hard when you have a good voice. They, that's just like, they get blinded and they're like, wow, she's singing that really good. And you might be the best actor they've seen all day, but they're just like, you have to convince them so hard that you are killing that storyline because you just kill the vocals with it. I want you to do it as I did earlier and do it as a monologue you repeat words a lot in this song you say you repeat phrases when we continue to repeat something it's also like when we're having a fight with our parents or whatever our emotions are getting heightened heightened each time or we wouldn't say them all the same i'm not gonna be like tell me tell me tell me tell me each time i'm gonna be like tell me tell me or you know what I mean? We're going to say it a bunch of different things. So I want you to, time you repeat something in the song, change it in a different way. It's like I was telling Sydney earlier, and then as we're singing, we get to utilize different colors for it. So it's not just a necessarily emotional quality. Each of those tell me's and say it to me can be sung in a slightly different way. That's the fun thing with voices is we get to play with so many different colors and qualities that instruments don't necessarily get. If I'm going to say tell me three or four different times, one, can I do differently emotionally? But two, what other colors can I play with as I sing it? Yeah, so just keep playing, finding different colors. Basically, the song is her telling the person she's singing to over and over, tell me you love me and why you love me. Just like basically pleading, like, tell me to stay, tell me to love me. So it's just figuring out each different little versions of how we say that and what colors we can bring to differentiate, basically saying the same thing over and over, just to have it be more than just, tell me you love me. You know what I mean? Great work, everybody. So let's open it up now for if anybody has any questions for Natalie, anything about her ideas, anything about her performing, anything about her career, technique-wise, anything and everything. I have a question because I want to go into musical theater and stuff for a career. Where should I be? Like, where's like the best place to have the most opportunities? Totally. Honestly, you can find a career in musical theater anywhere. Of course, New York City is like such a hub because you got a lot of TV film, a lot of regional theaters come and audition here of course Broadway but really you truly can make a career anywhere Chelsea and I performed with this person um, named Lisa Matthews but she lives in Philadelphia and she just works in the regional theaters of Philadelphia and she's never stopped working and she's created an amazing career for herself with a family kids house in a totally happy fulfilling way so there's not one specific place 
um, that is right for everyone. New York is its own beast. I love it. It is definitely missing a magic right now with Broadway shut down. But when it comes back, which it will, New York is an amazing place because there is just so many opportunities. But that being said, you can have an amazing performing career in San Francisco, Chicago, Cleveland, Ohio. They have a great playhouse there. Um, it just really just depends on the goals and what your whole life wants to look like. And you can have a fulfilling, huge career never moving to New York or LA. And you know, like none of the big cities. I have many friends that continuously work in San Francisco and are the happiest people of all time or in Ohio or Indiana. And they figured out a career for themselves. I have a question. So you were talking about one of your experiences on stage. Do you have maybe a most embarrassing moment or like maybe the craziest thing that has ever happened to you in a performance? And then also the, the other part of that is, do you get nervous still? And how do you work through thoughts or feelings and everything like that? I definitely get nervous all the time. Nerves are great because it means we care. But the more I prepare for something that I know, even on my worst day, I will still remember this. I've put in the work, so it should be okay. Like anytime I have those breath ins of, I have no idea what to say next. My brain just has these like, it's fine. You've done the work. Just, just breathe out and it will be fine. And 99.9% .9 of the time, my brain is correct. I've definitely had a lot of embarrassing moments. I mean, I mean, word flubs. I definitely, I was doing the Fantastics and I had one of those moments of, I don't know what I'm singing next. And I was like, it's fine. Just trust yourself. You got this. And I literally went, here how the wind begins to whisper. See how this, oh, see, now I'm forgetting them. Um, but I literally went, seems to blah, just completely just made a weird like blah noise instead of a word. And my scene partner and I just immediately started giggling, which actually worked out to be really wonderful and created a whole new version of that song that was specific because they're playing pretend pretending to like make a castle together so maybe the audience had no idea that I completely I mean hopefully um but I had no idea that I just completely flubbed that line and made a weird noise and it just created something new and special in that way so in our big mistakes we can kind of create some amazing moments like I saw Nathan Lane in a play and one of the characters on stage definitely broke and then they all broke together and it just made the scene even funnier than it was already. That's the magic of live theater is crazy things happen all the time. I've fallen downstairs. I fall downstairs on the regular. Um, I don't know why I don't pick up my feet, but we just do these crazy things or trip. In Westside, there was these mannequins in the bridal shop and one time they accidentally came on stage during dance of the gym and all of us were just dying of laughter and thank god our mics are mics are turned off during that because it just was the most ridiculous but it again created such a new reviving energy on stage that it just was amazing I have a quick question for you about what you do for vocal health. Uh, I don't know if you've ever had any contracts that you just absolutely had to sing and your voice just felt raw or your throat just felt raw. Yeah, no, I definitely, uh, I think, I can remember one orchestra gig that I woke up that morning and could not make a sound and I went, oh my God, what is happening? But we can, of course, there's a, a point, especially if you're in an eight show a week show, a contract is not worth your career, but that being said, we can figure out tricks to get ourselves into that healthy place. I mean, gargling with warm water and salt is like my cure-all 
if I'm feeling me or whatever, that saved me. My new one that I'm obsessed with is humming into water in a straw. It gives you kind of a laryngeal massage. So if there's any light inflammation, doing that for about 10 minutes, light warm-ups into a straw, into an inch or two of water, just gives you enough of a laryngeal massage to help any light inflammation. That's the word I'm looking for. It's a great cool down too after shows. We forget about cooling down. I always forgot. Cause you're like, oh, the show's done. Woo, thank goodness. But then you're like, wow, I need to cool down my voice. I need to steam, drink lots of water. Water is our best friend. Apples and apple juice also help because there's an enzyme in apples that is the same as mucus. So if you're ever super phlegmy, eat an apple and it'll help take care of it more than um, just water will. Be careful of throat lozenges with menthol in it because that numbs it. And then we end up creating potentially more damage because like with those throat numbing sprays and stuff, we don't know how hard we're singing on our voice. So the next day might be lots of hydration and vocal rest. Vocal rest is the unsung hero of if it hurts and you don't have to sing, just take a day off, take a day off, take, I think it takes technically 24 to 36 hours for the voice to recover any slight damage. Granted, if you have an eight show week, you don't necessarily always get that luxury. Ben Platt is a great example. He lived during Dear Evan Hansen, he lived his life on complete vocal rest because it was just so vocally taxing that role that he would do his warm up, do his show, and then immediately go back on the vocal rest. So it's figuring out the demands of the concert or the show or whatever and contouring your life kind of around it. But it's worth it. <laughs> I have a question. Can you guys hear me? Um, say that like you're wearing like a restricting costume, you can't really breathe properly. How do you still support like the breath? Say if you're wearing like a really tight like corset or something. Definite first piece of advice. I mean, it shouldn't just because you want something, but always make friends with crew, including costume designers. So when you have these moments of like, I really can't get a great breath, they will help figure out the way around but if you can't like I wore a corset for something that they never and all of the clothes over it were kind of baggy and I was like but sometimes that's just what the life throws at us it's just really telling yourself to keep dropping into the breath mental power is more than we know there's a lot of power in just telling yourself to lower the breath and breathe and if you know ahead of time if you're going to get the corset ask to rehearse in it there's specific things like that you usually can get hooks into it so you can just get your body used to it before you're in front of a paying audience it's just like anything it's like that first time you do a dance rehearsal you are so sore and you go how will I ever do this but by the second week you're like oh I got this I can do this and still sing and then by the third week you're like I was stressing about that you know what I mean so it's just it's getting used to it and practicing in it and if it really becomes a problem being kind and lovely to the costume team and backstage crews so that they can help you you always get more or wait wait I can't think of the word. It's like you get more sugar with honey. Just be kind and things will, people will do things for you if you're genuinely kind to them. <laughs> you catch more flies with honey than you do vinegar. I yes. Yep. <laughs> no, I mean, the best thing about the performing industry is that, especially now, is that you don't have to chew. I mean, re I mean, truly, we are really seeing that right now during um, coronavirus is that there are so many different paths you can go into. I mean, people get TV shows because they're on Broadway. Opportunities right now that we have, and virtual, I should say, is that it kind of gives us a sense of the world really truly is the oyster. In terms of studying, like if you're planning on college or something and trying to figure out in what area you want to study in, I would go that gives you the best basis of technique that you can pull into other things. Whether that is, like I studied opera 
can be a really good technique, which then I can use in musical theater and stuff. Other people did a musical theater program. Some people I know just did commercial dance, but now they're doing musicals. If your program doesn't offer some of those things that really feed your soul, there are ways that you can still study them outside of the program. Should you have time and should you have the funds? Things are too expensive now. I mean, it's kind of a weird answer, but you don't really have to pick. Just keep doing what you love. Just kind of lay it out for you and there's no one right journey for anybody in this business so it's just kind of figuring out what serves you and kind of make it it together okay wow oh my gosh yeah that was awesome thank you so much you're amazing oh it was so fun so so fun so um yes guys we are so so grateful for natalie and her giving us her afternoon today and just all of the wonderful feedback that she has and so please make sure to take notes on this there's some really amazing feedback and just because it wasn't necessarily to you doesn't mean you can't utilize it so just make sure that you can apply this and you really think about yourself and what you're doing and make sure that you're taking all of things to heart as well so awesome thank you all so so much and thank you natalie again and we hope that you have a wonderful day yeah you guys too thank you all all right bye-bye everybody